0: Tonight, we are talking about the church as a business. And my thesis or my argument is that every church is a business at this point. Was it always? No. And I guess every is it's an umbrella term. There are still some churches, I believe, that are not businesses, but predominantly, I believe most of them are they have been forced into functioning as businesses and, uh any any of you guys who don't know the anti-hero podcast that's tyler he is phenomenal he's doing something absolutely awesome with his podcast go check him out on youtube or on TikTok. he's got both uh but ch- check that out it's real good stuff he and i had a conversation and i guess he posted our conversation today so if you guys want to listen to that we talk mostly about spiritual stuff a little bit about culture and things like that. But it was it was really good, man. But what he's doing with that podcast is phenomenal. It's very much needed. Because his audience are people that we, we dreadfully need. Badly. Badly. So uh, let's make him feel welcome. And uh, check out that episode. I guess it went up today. He and I's conversation. You're early, Danny. You're early. We haven't started yet. We haven't started yet. All right. While, uh, while we wait for the last few stragglers, anybody who does not already know we have a discord and I will drop you all a link here in case you are not in there. Cause I know there are a few new names here. Click that link. It's free to join You never have to pay for anything at any point. If you do not want to. So check that out. But in the discord, we've got kind of general section up here. Any YouTube videos that go up, they'll automatically post there. Anytime we post the audio version of the Thursday podcast, that will go to Spotify and Apple podcasts automatically. And then it'll link right in here to discord. So you can always stay up to date on that. The most important thing is the events tab. So tonight you see the event right here. You can just click that link and it'll take you right to the YouTube live. Then once we're done with this one, I will post the Sunday one. So basically at any time there will be one event in here and it's whatever the next event is. So those of you who do not know every, every night, I'm sorry, every Sunday and Thursday night at 6 PM, we do this. Sunday night is a Bible study. We're going through Enoch and Thursday is a topic discussion that you guys vote on in the announcements section. I post a poll once a week. You guys vote. Whatever wins the poll is what wins. So y'all voted for the modern church as a business. So therefore, we are sitting here and we are going to talk about how the modern church is a business. Also general chat rooms. You've got the off topic. That's kind of where everybody just hangs out and talks theology, culture, news, conspiracy, Bible, and the library, which is predominantly literature, the VIP section. You're not going to see it unless you do choose to donate. Then you'll have access to the VIP section. Just so you guys know, moving forward, I have to close my DMS because it's just too much. And then I feel bad. And I look like an ass when I don't reply. So I, i I didn't want to do it i waited as long as i could but it it doesn't seem fair anymore so the dms on discord will be closed for me so a way to kind of remedy that is you will have the ability to message me through the vip and I, i i know it's behind a paywall and whatever but it's it has to be fair somehow uh it's not fair to the people who are really dedicated and who are here all the time and help me out with things to not be able to get me because there's a flood of messages. So it sucks, I know, and genuinely, I'm sorry. It's not something I wanted to do, and I waited as long as I could. But just to understand that moving forward, we also have a prayer request section. So you can come in here, you can request prayer. You can make it either public or private. If you make it private, the prayer team and myself will see it. If you make it public, I will read it at the end of every stream. So it'll be a public prayer that we all do together. Like tonight at the end of the stream, we will do that together. Beyond that, if you want to come on and talk, During the podcast, you can do that. You just got to let me know in YouTube chat that you're going to be in there. And then you come and join this red dot section. And then you can just you can speak with your voice and it will come through the stream and your voice will be heard. Uh, Beyond that, there's some, you know, memes and funds and games and furry pet things and whatever. So that's the discord in case some of you do not know. If you want to hop in the discord beyond the link there, you can scan that. I'll leave that up for like 10 seconds and then uh, and then we're going to get going. It's six oh three. Thank you, teal. I, f- I hate it. I hate it. But it's not fair. It's got to be fair. It's got to be fair. I got a spicy nostalgia. I'm good leaving the military behind. Yeah, why would you not be good leaving the military behind? Yeah, my whole view of the of the Navy has shifted. Maybe not the military as a whole, but the Navy has certainly shifted. On our cult, we pray for pets as well. We do. Yeah. And then when I forget to pray for pets, I get scolded and beat with a slipper by my wife. All right. Here we go. So tonight, the church is a business. That is my thesis, right? So on Thursdays, we have a thesis. That's why we call this the theist thesis. So the thesis tonight is that the, the modern church has become more of a business than anything else. That is the thesis. That is what I would call the problem. Hey, Joe, just want to let you know I heard from him. He still hasn't gotten anything from you yet. Interesting. Interesting. I'll get with you in DMs. It was sent. It was sent. So it should be getting to him. From my time in there, I know sometimes mail gets delayed. So whether, you know, maybe it's because it's the first one that I've sent him. So they're they're holding it. I'm not sure. But it was sent. It was sent. So he should get it. At first, I thought you were talking about Moses in the Bible, and I was very confused. And then I figured out what you were talking about, and now we're on the same page. God has an army I was always curious why he needs one. All right, all right, all right. I'll come back to the chat in a minute. Okay, church is a business. The church began very innocent. Did it not? Maybe not. Because if you look, the book of Romans, uh, much of Paul, beyond the book of Romans, the first and second Corinthians, even the pastoral epistles, Paul has this tendency throughout the entire New Testament in his epistles, his letters, it was literally just him being pissed off. Always upset all the time. He was disappointed, and he was pleading, teaching, and educating churches, pastors, and congregants all the time. And And why was he doing it? Because they were failing. They were failing constantly. They were twisting the message. They were twisting scripture. They were, they were twisting the ministerial purpose and the work of Christ. So all of these things were being constantly twisted. Oh, rave, you are an atheist. Lovely. You're in good company. There's a few more of you around here. Because they were failing because they were failing. They were very legalistic. Or I suppose it's reverse. Because they were very legalistic, they were massively failing. And they I if I had to say, I'd say they were they were mostly concerned with non-essentials. what do we mean by things that are non-essential? Non-essential are things that do not have any relation in in a nutshell, it's more complicated than this, but in a nutshell, non-essential things are have something, they are things that have nothing to do with salvific law. So things that have to do with salvation. If you had to say within the Christian faith, what is the most important thing to understand fully about the Christian faith? It is going to be salvation. Why? Well, because that's what separates you from eternal damnation and heaven in the Christian faith. Right. That's that is the that is the key thing to understand fully about Christianity. It, just in general, because if you don't understand that, you're in bad shape. And then if you understand all of the Bible, but you don't align with what earns someone's salvation, whether you believe it's by works or by grace doesn't really matter. But what amounts to the salvation, if you do not understand that you have a problem. Because right? this whole idea is that we are here basically just as a waiting room to go on to eternity. Love me some Paul. Yes, yes. That is our meat cue, Teal. Paul is our meat cue. That is your way to eternal salvation, is understanding salvific law. So, simply put, non essential things are going to be things that have no relation whatsoever to salvation, to salvific law. So, things that are, are non essential are things that bear no weight. On whether we go to heaven or whether we go to hell the early church specifically the Jewish side because the Jewish faith itself was very legalistic it was very much rules it was very much laws you have Mosaic law Levitical law you have all these very strict laws and we won't get super into that because it's a whole nother conversation but that was their culture their culture was totally driven by rules and so when Christ came Christ died the way which was the early Christian church comes into the scene, The Jews had a hard time with it. So Jews either completely rejected it or you had the Christian Jews who they accepted it, but they wanted to bring their Jewish culture, their Old Testament culture into the way the new Christian movement. And it's not cohesive. It's not cohesive at all because Jewish faith, very strict, very lawful. And Christianity, as Paul puts it, is very, very much based on adiaphora. Where what might be right for you might not be right for me. It depends on where we are in our spiritual walk. It depends on how sturdy we are. And it depends on what our flaws and weaknesses are. It's very different. Whereas Jews, it was just, this is right, this is wrong, period. In Christianity, that's not so much the case. There was more, it was, it was more of a tightrope walk of understanding what was okay and what was not okay. You can refer to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 for the issue of the, the eating of the sacrificed meat as a really good example of that. But the, the difference between the failures of the historic church in the modern church is this. Historic church split and divided primarily due to the conflict in tradition and understanding of the Torah and how its contents should be integrated into the New Testament in a way of worship and discipline and discipleship, I suppose, or if it should be integrated at all. So how are we going to integrate the Torah into the New Testament was their view. Or should we even at all? Or should it be left out? There, there isn't much, if any, historical documentation that would show us that the church had issues historically that pertain to finances. Other than a few very small examples, you can find one of them in Acts, where two a couple was struck dead because of mishandling of finances. But it's kind of an isolated incident. So beyond that, historically, it wasn't really geared towards finances or business practices or things within that realm, mostly because the churches were not businesses at that point. There was a money exchange. There was a financial aspect, but it was nothing like today, where today you have, like Tyler and I from the Anti-Hero podcast talked about, you have fog machines, you have big amplifiers, you've got laser light shows going on every Sunday. You have massive overhead that they just didn't have. They just didn't have. So I want you to picture a church or Ecclesia, right? Ecclesia is the Greek word for church that they used within the New Testament. So picture picture a church of that time. An assembly of believers is what Ecclesia is. So picture it in Paul's day. These were more akin to what I, I guess we would picture as a small group at your local modern church. So not the actual church assembly, but rather a small group setting. So most of you probably go to a decent sized church, even if it's small, they probably have small groups, right? It's a really big thing within the modern church to have small groups, which could be a Bible study. It could be a women's group or a men's group, whatever. But those small groups are like, it's like a group of 10 to 15 people, maybe. It is a small group. That is what church was historically, all all of them. The only time it really got bigger was sometimes in the public settings where they would do teaching and preaching out, out in, uh, a lot of times at marketplaces. And yeah, sometimes then dozens or even hundreds would would congregate there. But normal church systems historically were, were largely in people's houses and the houses were not mansions. They were small houses. So they were small groups of people. So they would look more like what a small group looks like today, but that was their normal church back then. At most, usually 20 people, but many believe that it was actually about half. So again, we're at that we're at that ten number. Roughly ten people attended a church. Much more intimate. They would primarily meet again in people's houses or out in public. Public sometimes got bigger, but public was also sometimes small. Houses were almost always small, and they would gather to just speak about Christ, speak about these scriptures. There was more interaction due to the small size, so they they functioned more as conversations rather than. Me speaking at you, me talking at you. It was us speaking together. It was a conversation. It was conversational. Questions could be asked, questions could be answered. It wasn't just somebody talking at you for an hour. Now, I want you to picture the church you go to. Or better yet, picture a mega church. Picture like a uh, verdicts church or celebration. But the, these large churches, even Joel Osteen, which I wouldn't really put in Christianity because he's a massive prosperity preaching fool. But picture Joel Osteen's church. That's what mega churches look like. Okay. That's the picture you've got in your head now a mega church. That picture looks absolutely nothing like church did in Paul's day. Hundreds or thousands of people attended these churches. One individual would speak at a group, and there is usually, almost always, no conversation whatsoever. None. You are to sit there, you are to shut up, and you are to listen. The sermons involve very little scripture, and rather they focus on illustrations, life stories, and things like that. Me telling you a story about my wife and how we went on vacation and, and this big moral thing happened and this is what I want you to learn from it. They're not teaching you scripture or how to interpret scripture or how to understand scripture. They're teaching you a life story and then putting maybe a couple of Bible verses up on a screen somewhere throughout the entire hour, just trying to convey a lesson or ideal. That's what we're doing today. That is not what church was back then. The modern church is a business first and foremost, in my opinion. And I don't say that necessarily in a disparaging way, necessarily, necessarily. These churches are held again in large buildings they have massive seating capacity they have a staff that earns a wage this is their occupation they are vocational ministry workers vocational meaning they get paid volunteers exist to help keep salaries low that's honestly that's their purpose and so that they have the funds to be able to put aside to to do things like missions trips fundraisers and obviously pay the bills that they are required to pay to stay open. If the church stopped operating as a business, the church would not stay open. It's really that simple. So as much as as much as I would I would love to just say we don't put any more money in the church. The issue is the church would collapse 100%. It would collapse. You'd have nobody. So what does that mean? It means that in order to retain their clients, customers, patrons, whatever you call them, want to call them congregants and, you have to retain them in order to keep the doors open. So then it becomes a game of just like any other business in the entire world. How do I retain clients? How do I retain customers? How do I grow them and how do I keep them? What is the easiest way to lose congregants within a church? In my opinion, it is having a theological position or a concept that they do not agree with. The minute you as a pastor begin preaching or teaching something that the congregants do not agree with, it is unlikely they continue to sit there and listen to it. It's very unlikely. That is when you will begin to lose people. And again, remember, I'm coming at this from a personal view. I worked in churches. I worked in a huge church, a very well-known megachurch, And then I worked in several smaller churches. I was a part of financial meetings. This is literally talked about. How do we keep congregants? What are we going to water down and dance around and do gymnastics about in order to keep the people in the seats? And moreover, it's demographic based, right? So as a pastor in northern Florida, you are going to have to teach and preach to your congregants differently than you would as a pastor in In Miami, Florida, you have a very different demographic, just like if I had a gym in North Florida, I need to function that gym slightly different than I would function a gym down in Miami. It's a different demographic. Therefore, you have a different business plan. So if you are teaching a theology that your congregants do not like or identify with, your congregants are going to leave the church. This is why most church sermons are theologically dry as hell. Super dry because they fear offending people and diminishing their financial return. And obviously they'd never say it like that. What they would say adversely would be, they are theologically dry because they fear offending people and diminishing their numbers. They're people in the seats. But what are people in the seats to a business? What are people in seats to a movie theater? They're dollars. The more people in the seats, the more revenue, the more profits. The movie theater makes. A church is no different. It's no different whatsoever. From from that standpoint, it's no different. I'm gonna go in the chat in just a second. Just let me finish up this one part. Every church chooses a denomination, even non-denominational churches. And I will lose my mind if we go on the non-denominational church thing. If you guys want to hear me rant and rave about it, I do have a video on it, just search it. Non-denominational churches don't exist. Tattoo Theists, you will find it, but they don't. Non-denominational churches are an absolute lie. It's a logical fallacy. It makes no sense. We can get into it if you guys want, but it, it, it makes no sense. They choose a theological view, whether they like it or not. Then they build a demographic around and within that theological view. That is how every single church on the planet works. If they start teaching a different denomination, theology, they risk losing their initial demographic. Are you guys seeing how this works? So with with that too, with that too, you have to understand that most churches, more than 50% of churches, small, medium, or large, they are under a church planting organization's umbrella. And I know most of you have heard my story about how I had funding to plant a church, a lot of funding to plant a church. I was under... Uh, contract with one of the biggest church planning organizations in the country. And as we started going through the, the steps, there were things that I refused to agree with. There were things that I, I would, I was not willing to do. And a lot of it had to relate to what we were just talking about. I, I refuse to teach something I don't believe in. And I refuse to be under the, under the grip of somebody else's belief system. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be honest. And so if if you're not going to give me half a million dollars to plant a church because I, I'm i not allowed to be honest, then we're just not going to do it. I saw somebody typed 501c3. All right, we're going to go into financial practices in a minute. Let me run through here real quick and see if I miss anything. Preach cult leader. Preach Jesus Christ. Uh, if you guys have any questions about anything or if anybody wants to come in and talk, just go in Discord. Join the voice channel I'm going to pop in there myself right now. I'm in there now. If anybody wants to come on, then just join there and then let me know in the YouTube chat. A lot of the authors in the Bible are unknown. I mean, that's true. Even a lot of Paul's stuff is questioned. Questioned. Some of it, honestly, I think maybe rightfully so, but some of it I think is kind of a stretch. Meat suits for our souls. Quite right. I love it. It was written by a lot of people. Yeah, it was. It's a lot of people. A lot of people coming together on that. Dirty little secret of Christianity is when you become a Christian, you agree to die peacefully for God if required. What does that even mean? Dumb cat. What does that mean? I'm curious. I get this is an older comment, but I'm curious about what you're talking about. In my opinion, the dirty little secret of Christianity is that when you become a Christian, you agree to die peacefully for God If required, this is a very harsh reality. Teal, I just saw you come in. So give me a second. Let me put headphones back on. All right, Teal, if you want to talk, you're good to go. Uh Uh-oh. Teal, if you're talking, I can't hear you. Yeah, try again. see if my stuff's all good boys. yeah it's good on my end too. you are not coming through and you're not muted on my end maybe try to close discord and come back and try again always the first reply guy that's so good that's so good is this description post-resurrection like the book of Acts? What description? Where was the 501c3 comment? I missed that. And I'm curious what we were talking about there. I think there were some strict parameters placed on the church by the 501c3. Yes, 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 yes. That was a big that was a big part of the problem when I was going through it. Is the the 501 the 501c3 status? That allows the churches to allow their congregants to to make tithes a write off uh, a write off event. It puts parameters on the pastor as well about what you're allowed to say about the government and about culture to a degree. So yeah, the 501c3 status is is a problem, but it's it's a catch twenty two because if you don't file as a 501c3, your your congregants cannot write off their tithes. So it's like you could avoid it by just making it a corp. But then your your congregants can't they can't write it off. So it's like you're kind of forced into doing it if you want to do it that way. I'm not sure if y'all know about gardening, but our current bodies are like starter cups. I know about gardening. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I really like that. That's really good. Cat, you need to remember that. The starter <laughs> cups for like the seedlings. That's a that's a great illustration right there. Cowbells only for Mississippi State. Teal, you're still not having any luck. You're not muted on my end, for sure. For sure, for sure. The warranty expired 20 years ago. So is so is my body. We are in probationary period right now. We gotta do the best we can, true. My expiry date was the day I was born. Jesus. I was born with a rare mitochondrial disorder that I don't even know the name of. So I get it. Jeez. Why is it a surprise that it costs money to keep operational? Why is this topic discussed as if it is evil? It's evil because of what it's turned into, Scott. Because you can stay operational and still have morals. But at at the same time, actually, this is something good to talk about. So let's talk about this. So Scott said, why is it a surprise that it costs money to keep operational? Why is this topic discussed as if it's evil? Here's why. If you're willing to abandon the actual purpose of church for financial gain you're disgusting i don't i don't have any other like nice way to say it if if you're willing to abandon morality virtues ethics honesty transparency if you're okay with abandoning that because you feel like it's for the greater good and at the same time you're preaching a watered down bullshit message Because you have to keep people in the seats, keep the demographic hot and keep the money coming in so that you stay operational. It's a vicious circle of nobody's winning. Does that make sense? Nobody wins. The congregants lose because you're not preaching from the heart. You're not preaching truth. Because if somebody actually comes on and preaches theology, like when we did Bible study on Sundays, we really taught not Enoch because Enoch we're doing differently. But anybody who was here when we were going through like First Corinthians, Acts, we broke down every freaking word of every verse 100% Teal, you're on but give me one second. Let me finish my rant here. We broke down every word, every single word. And I guarantee most congregants in the church would never sit through that. They'd never sit through that because it's boring. It's boring. They wanna hear a story about a dog and about how somebody got hit by a car and then had this life-changing event. They wanna hear a story. They wanna be engaged. You're literally taught in seminary how to keep people engaged. And the way they teach you is to keep scripture at a minimum and keep illustrations (laughs) and metaphors at a maximum. If you think that's okay, then that's fine. That's your prerogative. I I respect you, Scott. I love you, but I don't think that's fine that it disturbs me on like a great level, on a great level because you're in a trap. Pastors of these big churches are in a trap. Even if they want to preach goodness and true theology and be honest and be in depth, they can't because they'll lose congregants and then the church will close. It's, there's no way to win. That's, that's why. All right. Teal, what's up? Can you hear me? I sure can. You're good.
1: Okay. So I told this story um, back when I first joined the discord and it has to do with what we're talking about. And I'm going to tell it again to the new people because there are a lot of new faces. And I'm glad to see that. Yeah. Um, church that I go to where I live has five campuses it's a semi-pseudo big church it's not as big as of course Jill Olstein's and and those but where I live it's considered a mega church and one of the uh, pastors I mean at one of the um, campuses that I go to the pastor there is more scholarly than the main campus but nonetheless um, the first Sunday of every year they call it spiritual renewal week and everybody's got the feels and they want to have that new spiritual renewal and start the year off right and um we were told at the last minute that um wells he's a christian artist who has a contract with sony we knew ahead of time he was coming to sing at the main campus and all the other campuses were able to watch the main campus via uh, Zoom or whatever it was, we were able to watch it simulcast at all the campuses. So um we're sitting there and all of a sudden Tim Tebow pops up. He made a surprise visit to the campus because previously the night before he was in New Orleans at a banquet. And I think he was doing something for his foundation on sex trafficking and all that kind of stuff. But nonetheless, he knows the head pastor of the church that I go to because the head pastor used to be the chaplain for the New Orleans Saints. So nonetheless, we're sitting there and we're all like, you know, excited. I love Tim Tebow. I admire him. He's Christian. He speaks out. He sticks to his guns, et cetera. Torn Wells is very talented. Well, Torn Wells sang his actual songs at the church. Um, Funny story. They had the video taken down from YouTube for a copyright strike, even though it was him singing his own song. But nonetheless... (laughs) So the pastor gets up and he's talking and he's thanking all the people who have given money to the church and they're bragging and they change the verbiage and they say, this is what your donations have done. And we're able to give Tim Tebow's foundation $250,000 to help child sex trafficking, blah, 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 everybody's cheering and then they had done last year at the end of the year, they do this extra special thing. It's called legacy, and it's like they promote really hard about extra tithing to leave your legacy in the church and all this kind of stuff. So then they give Torin Wells, they give him a check for fifty thousand dollars, and everybody's clapping. And then he sings another song, and then the pastor comes up again and he says, "But wait, there's more." Almost like a God. <laughs> infomercial he's like because i've just been uh well i was told ahead of time that we've had more people who dug deep and they decided that they wanted to contribute because guess what Torrin wells is planting a church in austin and it's going to be called white rock church something 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 or other and Torrin wells is planting this church so guess what We were able to raise another $200,000. Isn't that amazing what your contributions have done? So everybody's clapping, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, at the time I was in in the middle of a Bible study with a a mentor of mine. And so I kind of found out the backstory on the end later. Well, lo and behold, we find out that the pastor is also involved with Tornwell's planting of his church So that kind of, it was unknown, but I kind of knew because I was in with somebody who was in with the in crowd, like you said, the volunteers, and she was a volunteer who's a clout chaser. And so she loves to brag that she's, you know, an intercessor at this church and what have you. So fast forward about six weeks and we start Bible study season. Now I'll give you a little bit of history about me. Those of you who do not know me, I am disabled. I have not worked in over four years because of my disabilities. I have zero income right now. And the lady who was my mentor asked me to co-lead her Bible study. And I was thrilled because I had wanted to redo this Bible study. It's a big curriculum put on and and it was made by another big church called the Church of the Highlands, Um. which funnily enough, Chris Hodges, was actually at this day as well. He is the one who actually gave the sermon that same day with Tim Tebow and Torrin Wells. So um, Chris Hodges came up with this this program, this Bible study called Freedom. Done it before in 2018. It's an excellent Bible study. I love it. I wanted to do it again. So my mentor asked me to co-lead. I was like, sure, I'd be thrilled. Well, then I was told that I would have to come up with $65 to pay to go to a conference, which is required at the end of this Bible study in order to participate in the conference, and if I couldn't come up with $65, then I was going to have to, quote unquote, volunteer to offset the cost. Needless to say, I was really pissed because six weeks ahead of time, they handed out half a million dollars to two millionaires which, you know, love and respect, glad for what they do, but they're going to come after me for 65 bucks and not let me participate as a quote unquote co-leader in this Bible study. And I was like, you really got to be kidding me. Right. And they were serious. I, I, I had to volunteer. So I said, okay, well, y'all are going to have to have me as an intercessor because I can't, like, I can't sit and stand all this because you know, just the way my body's broken right now, it just doesn't work that way. So I ended up volunteering and as God would have it, um, I actually fell and hurt, I didn't fall. I knelt knelt down and I tore the meniscus in my knee. So then I was totally unable to even volunteer and I had a falling out with my mentor because she had gone from mentor to life controller because I didn't follow the rules of the church. And so with all that said, Yeah, that's that's what I have to deal with with the main campus, and they still do it. Um, they may not be as big as Joel Olstein, but their mindset is the same.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's great. That's all a great example. I re- I remember most of that story. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's wild. It's wild.
1: Yeah, it's all it totally is. And you're right. They do know how to do the um, manipulation because. One of the reasons I left the main campus and went to the other campus was because the previous pastor, who is now at the actual Times Square Church, so he left us to go to Times Square to be the head pastor there, but um, before, before he left, the Holy Spirit called me and said, you need to go to a different campus because he's fixing to leave, which I was glad because most of his sermons were scripture bombed with Charles Spurgeon, C.S. Lewis, Billy Graham, you name all the big heavy hitters of evangelism. Yeah. And the, ser- the sermons were made more of that than they actually were of actual scripture. So I had had enough. The Holy Spirit tapped me and I went on to a different campus, which is mostly kind of better, but it's just not as bad, I guess, is the, really, the real L-
0: answer. Lesser of evil situation.
1: Yes. Yes, I feel like I guess, that's I the case. A different way I understand scripture a better way at this new campus than I did the other one. Yeah, that's good.
0: So, I mean, that's yeah, yeah. that's the thing is like people think I'm very anti-church and I'm not. And I, I talked to Tyler on on that podcast about it, too, is like, I'm not. I push everybody to go to church. I think it's still really right. good. The community is important and you can find pastors who are still doing really good work, really good work. It doesn't mean we yeah. have to agree with the way that they're doing it. And not yeah. like, like there isn't another solution um so inter- interesting until stay on because there's i saved a few comments here and i'm curious to see what you have to say about them too so okay Dumbcat cat said uh he said this so he said the problem with denominational preachers is they cannot stray too far beyond what their denomination allows them to teach which is true and that was one of the things i experienced when i was going to plant the church and so they cannot talk much about things like Enoch. They can't talk at all about Enoch uh, in my experience or about flat earth or about gap theory. Yeah, it's not not so much. In my experience, they can't at all. Some denominational preachers are also not allowed to reject the pre mid trib rapture. So the differences of the views and he said they can, but they'll catch a ton of heat. No, same thing. They can't if they're under an umbrella, they can't. They're stuck. Right. They're stuck teaching whatever whatever the umbrella serves so if it's a if it's a calvinist umbrella planting organization who's giving you the funding you're a calvinist preacher whether you believe it or not you're you are stuck 100 um but that wasn't the one Teal, this is the one scott scott said this and scott was the one who started kind of this little offshoot here and scott i totally i love you man so i hope you're not like upset i'm just ranting the way i do with stuff like this Uh, Scott said, I agree with everything you're saying. That said, I feel we need to provide a solution. It's not a solution to say that all of our living rooms are open. We need to reach the goals Jesus outlined how. So essentially, Teal, from my view, the question is, okay, Joe, I hear you that you hate the church. So what do we do? What do you think is the solution, Teal? How do we fix the way modern church is running?
1: If I'm being honest, um, I'm going to say that, thank God, Paul and my sassy mouth got me started on this discord because (laughs) it has changed me dramatically as how I view the church. And I am, my answer, the long and the short of it is, I honestly think that not everyone, I agree with you, Scott, not everyone can open up their living rooms. I get that. However i think that if enough of us start doing that because um joe's absolutely right they can't teach this they can't teach that i've been going to this church for 13 years almost they've never once mentioned enoch they they don't even mention the rapture no um and it's just the way that they preach The way, and all of them are kind of the same and they're very hypocritical about it but i think that it's going to have to be sort of a grassroots type of thing that if enough of us say, look, you know what? We've really had enough of this nonsense. We're going to go and find pulse like Joe's, Um, but we're going to learn the truth because then I've said this from the beginning at the end of the day, I just want to know what the truth is. And even if I have to pick a stance, because as it happened, once I switched to the campus, I was at, they offered a spiritual leadership nighttime class for anyone over the age of 24. They will not allow anyone into their college unless you're between the age of 18 and 24. And I asked them, why is that? And they said, because we're looking for people to plant churches. And that is the main goal, the main age range. So I was like, okay, so I took this spiritual class and the the pastor taught the class and he kind of low key said, look, we're considered non denominational, but if I'm being honest, we're more Protestant in our views than cool. you know anything else. So he was at least honest about yeah, that, and I yeah. kind of knew where he was
0: going. That's right. The yeah. truth
1: is, is that I really have changed my mind about going back to church. Because it's been a bad experience when I returned this year last year. It's not been a positive experience. And um, I have learned more from people like you and jumping on social media as crazy as it sounds. I've learned more about the truth from the people in this Discord than I have learned in my entire life of 53 years of uh-huh. people who are quote unquote in church and i wish i had a dollar for every time somebody said well i was raised in church and this and this happened and it's like (laughs) i don't know why you why people even bother saying that because they think they say that like that makes them immune from satan yeah no boo yeah that that has nothing to do with anything life is going to happen regardless but i don't know what the real answer is except to say that i think we really need to stop um we need to balk we need to push back to the church and say, look, if you're not going to do this, then guess what? We're going to go find the truth somewhere else, because there are plenty enough people like Joe who sacrifices his time to give us the truth. Like Rodriguez, like um, Jalen, like Mystic, like all of you all who have invested like um. Ghost get and and Michael, and all, all of you who have invested your time. I sit here yeah. and I watch the streams go through, and y'all are all so generous with your knowledge and all the things that you've learned. So, for people like me who knew nothing, I have learned more in the past six months of my life on Discord, which people are like, oh, Discord is the devil, blah, blah. No, it's not. <laughs> it's the truth, and they yeah. know it. And yeah. the reason, and the funny thing is, is that I sit there and they do this pretend thing, like, and you can see it on the pastor's face when he, well, when, the last time I've been in church was back in March, but you could see it on his face. He'd walk out and he'd be so, the disappointment was obvious because the churches aren't filling up anymore. And yes. it's because people are tired of the hypocrisy, Yeah, you know, and yeah. they're just tired of it. And they can't, they, they are struggling, well, with the exception of those big people like, Um. You know Joyce Meyer at TD Jakes, who doesn't even believe in the Trinity, and yeah, yeah. Joe Oldstein and all that. They're struggling to get people in the church because people just don't care. They just they're tired of it. They're tired of it, and you can see it on the pastors' faces. And they're doing anything and everything, and it's not working because people are leaving the church in droves. And it's not because the people don't believe in God. It's they want to find the actual truth, yeah. and they're tired of the sugar-coated. We're going to feed you what we think you need to know and let you go.
0: And yes, I I agree with absolutely everything you said. And I think a lot of it, a lot of it comes down to also just information. Information is more readily available today than it's ever been in human history. And so now with one click while sitting in a church, somebody could search something the pastor said and find a dozen different answers. So this, this, this idea that churches have this, this function where we, we are this, Type of Christianity we have all these strict rules and we are right that shit doesn't fly anymore man because right. nobody thinks like that anymore and and nobody's going to be put into that box and with one click one search they're going to find an opposing view to you so if, if you're that closed off you, you can't be surprised if you're in a local community if a large ratio of the people in your community will want nothing to do with it it's a very subsec thing like it's it's weird to think that you'd have this booming church when you're putting yourself in this very tiny little box and that's and that's why like my whole theory forever has been just make it information don't shove shit down people's throats don't force them okay. to believe what you want them to believe don't push your beliefs mystic dm me the other day i was like you know i have no idea what you believe because you don't ever tell us what you believe yeah that's not why i'm that's not my job <laughs> that's not why i'm here i I, right. I i gave away all my young years to just suck in information of all of these views. So and I feel like that's my calling is to to unload that on everybody else. I don't want anybody to believe what I believe. And I don't care if any of you ever actually know what I believe. That's not why we're here. We're here to like we're here to learn. We're here for a, an assortment of information. And that's why that's why the the discord is devil. It's it's hilarious. The discord is an aggregated simple place where so many like now there's so many freaking smart people in the discord. It blows me away. I, I, every time I get in there, I don't comment because like, I feel so far behind because I'll try to like catch up to what's going on. But you guys are having wildly intelligent conversations. Like it blows my mind. And it's, that's why like it, it. This shit has nothing to do with me. I was able to bring you guys all together, but at this point, like you all are doing it. So Scott, to answer your question, my opinion, and I've said it before in the past is like, We've done this, this is relatively small. This is the way it should be. Right now I can talk to every person in the chat. Right now I can talk to Teal, we're having a conversation. This is what church is. But once this gets big enough that that isn't possible anymore, you will not catch me dead doing it the same way. At that point, I'll ask Teal to do her own. I'll ask Mystic to do her own. Uh, Whoever was interested and had the capacity for, for running something like this, They'd be doing their own thing. Like Teal already does her own. Uh, so if you if you're into prayer and stuff like that, you need to talk to Teal because she has a Discord that's like very, very prayer focused. But like that, that's what church is. And and Scott, same same thing, dude. Physical too. Like, go meet in a freaking park, go meet at a movie theater, go meet at a school auditorium. They'll give you a lot of these locations for free. So all you need is to, to do is to get the people, and then you guys meet, and that's real church. But we have this, we have the capacity now to do what we're doing right now. Right now we have Discord open, we have TikTok going, we have, you know, YouTube. And then after this ends, still hundreds or thousands of people come and watch it. And then even if two of those people come to the next live and then you reset, re-ratio two people from the next, those people become long-term members and it gets bigger. But then once it gets so big, Scott, like say we have a hundred thousand people in the Discord, that is unmanageable. At that point, I, I, I won't know who any of you are. I won't be able to talk to any of you. We won't be able to keep up with the chat. It's It'll it'll not be the same thing. So at that point, it's like we'll have to do one every single day to try to make it work. Or we have to offload it to somebody else who, like Teal said, there's so many freaking smart people in the Discord. All of them are capable of doing what I'm doing. It's not like I'm special. All of them could do their own thing. So we would create, like the church does, a network where we have one central thing here and then a bunch of offshoots where people with different personalities, different views, different teaching styles, different humor, who are gonna be able to connect with people that also I can't connect with because I can be abrasive and sometimes I swear. And I just, I'm a very specific kind of person. Somebody else who won't listen to me will listen to Mikel or will listen to Teal. And so, by not them at some point not going out and doing leadership and doing their own type thing, running their own church. Off of you know our umbrella here, you're, you're losing and missing out on so many people. And you're still doing it in a, a one, cost effective. I, I spend money doing this, but it's not like it's killing me. It's cost effective. I don't ever need to ask anybody for money. I'm good working a job. And we're all still able to do what a church does. And it's honest. And it's interactive. It's like all benefit, all positive, no negative. I just I don't see the need kind of like you said to I don't see the need for churches anymore. If they're going to keep doing it the way they're doing it, if they were to try to shift it and keep them smaller, keep them intimate, make them the way church was the way it was intended, then I think that's fabulous because I, I still think having the physical thing is huge. Like if all of us were in a room right now together, it'd be very different and it'd be wildly reductive. It'd be so much better, but it's not possible So this is what we get. Yeah. They, I mean, if they went that route, it would
1: work. A, I was going to say, I agree because you know what? Mikael just put it up there. and He said intimacy. I would rather sit in a room in my house with 10, 15 people. And if they ask me a question, I have no problem saying, you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but I'll find it out and find the truth. Because I think that people, even the ones who are just, they go because it's a checkoff list on there. This is how I'm going to get to heaven kind of thing. But I think that those people who still go or still show up, do it for whatever reasons that they do it, I find that they zone out. Yeah. And when we oh, have yeah. something like this, it's more intimate and we're more engaged and it challenges us to dig deeper and harder for the truth. And you get a bunch of people like this fabulous Discord together where we can all come together with our different opinions and we deal like adults. And like I said, if we don't know the answer, we can find out the answer. Like you said at the tips of our fingers, we literally have the world, we can find any answer, we and we go with it. Even if it's wrong, I would rather come back and say, you know what, I was wrong, that's not the right answer, here is the right answer, and then go on. Because it's easier to do church when you're in a smaller group, and you have um, those people engaging who don't mind, doing the hard work, doing the research, finding the real answers, instead of this sugar-coated, dress it pretty for the public, fake church gospel nonsense that they're putting out and it's like why 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 am i driving to this well i can do this at home because there's nothing that you're telling me except sugar-coated nonsense you know i just as soon sit at home and watch it or not go at all i'd rather do discord because i can find out more truth
0: yeah yeah and even even if the truth is i don't know but these, but these are possibilities. Instead of what the church feeds you, which is this is the only truth, this is the hard truth, this is the truth from God, and if you believe anything else, you are heretical. That's right. Which is just bullshit. Is yeah. sorry, I'm swearing so much, but it's it's bullshit. The the yeah, truth really the truth good. is so many of these things. If you're being honest, we have no freaking clue. We have no clue. Right. You can right. get a pretty good idea and then you need to be cool with the people who don't agree with you because they, you will never know, you'll never know. And that's the thing that I appreciate about everyone here the most is because I don't at least see it and nobody reports it to me, but I don't really see anybody arguing theology like in a heated way, like you're right, I'm wrong. It's more like, here, I, I want you to see my view. I want you to see why I believe what I believe. But then if the person never makes it to their side, I very rarely see anybody get upset. It's just like, agree to disagree. I see what you're saying. I totally get where you're coming from. I just don't see it that way. And and everybody's like, cool. (laughs) You don't need to, you don't need to. Yes,
1: exactly. I mean, not everybody eats at the same restaurant. Not everybody buys their clothes at the same store. It's great because I think it pushes us all more, even when those of us who have like no idea, but we get to see everybody's points of view through discord. And that's what the challenge is. We take everybody's stuff in and we we are then, you know, intelligent enough to make our own decision whether we're wrong or we're right. Because the truth is, is back when, you know, Moses and them were around, they didn't have a Bible. They didn't have the internet. They didn't know. They were told this. They were told that. And they just followed along and look at it. They got lost in the wilderness for a year because they wanted to do their own thing. Yep. And it's just like, okay, well, we learned our lessons. Let's not do that. But at the same time, I think you're right. The rest of us, we can all sit here, give our opinions, what we have to say. There's some stuff that we all disagree on, and that's okay. Yes. That's what makes us all human, is we all disagree, even amongst the apostles. Yeah, yeah,
0: dude. <laughs> like if yeah. They disagree,
1: they disagree. That's I mean, so you funny. Know?
0: That's the funniest yeah. thing. That people like that. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, that's that's one of just the most entertaining things. Is like the Bible. And I guess I started with that. Is the Bi- the Bible started with everybody not agreeing on anything and and trying right. to figure out how to make it work regardless. And they did. And they did. But it was, it was a matter of cutting the non-essentials, which is what Christians tend to argue and, and complain about the most, cutting those right. things and focusing on what's important. And the non-essentials right. still talk about them because it's fun and it's interesting and we want to know and we're seeking these things. But you don't argue about non-essentials because they're called non-essentials because they're non-essential. And then the essentials, yes, everybody kind of needs to be on the same page about that. And and at that right. point, if the essentials everybody disagrees on, then, yeah, I get why you split the church. But the 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 reason we have the number of denominations we have is not over essential things. It's over non-essential things, which is just it's asinine. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely I agree.
0: Ridiculous. All right, Till, so you got mm-hmm. anything else, real quick? Otherwise, we're gonna jump into some of this financial BS.
1: No, I'm just happy to be here. I've been gone for a couple of weeks because life's been happening, I get and it. Um, I'm I get glad it. to be back. I missed you guys, and
0: I'm glad you're here.
1: You know, life goes
0: on. Beautiful. All right. Just mute yourself for me. And then if you want to come back on, obviously, let me know. All right. So Rodriguez actually gave a really good segue. And it was a while ago, but uh, to to the next section here. And then we'll basically just chat the rest of the time. But Rodriguez said, I wish the church tides ran like a democracy. Let me vote. If I want it, missionary work, kids ministry, homeless ministry, etc. So what she's getting at is that is something that we, we have talked about in the past. Where, well, I guess actually, let me just go through this and then we'll come back to it. That's your segue though. The The ability to vote on where the financials go within a church. Because if you tithe at a physical church, I guarantee 9.89% of you, you don't decide where that money goes. It just goes to the church. What is happening? I hear. Hold on, y'all. Hold on, bear with me. I got audio coming out of my phone out of nowhere. You don't get to decide where the money goes. You tithe money to a church. They do whatever the hell they want with it. So financial practices is the next section of this. Churches function again, off of cash flow, just like any good business. Otherwise they would have no employees. They would only have volunteers. And believe me, volunteers are not enough to run even a smaller church, super small. Maybe, yes, but a smaller grand scheme of things, church, no, you're not running that church off of volunteers alone. Are there ways of running a financially honest church? Obviously, yes, it is possible. There are churches that do it, but very, cho- very few choose to actually do that. Again, I've worked directly for two mega churches and also alongside several other smaller to mid-level churches in terms of congregant. Uh, count, congregants in general. Financially honest churches, they, they require financial reports to be complete and public to the congregants. I'm gonna say that again. A financially honest church will make their financials public to whoever wants to see it. And that would read like a P&L. For anybody who is not in business or has never managed a company or anything like that, what is a P&L, it's your your profit and loss. So for, for any of you who don't know, that is a report that would show your revenue, your profit, your expenses, and depending, I guess, on the type of business, several other niche things in terms of money in versus money out. I worked with one church one time who was willing to and did do this. In the case, I guess, so they, what they did, and I, I loved it. I loved it. What they did was quarterly every Sunday. I'm sorry, not every Sunday, that whatever Sunday it is each quarter, each quarter, they pick a Sunday that Sunday before the actual service started every service. So if they have a 9am at 10am a noon, a 6pm, every service, they start the service with the financial report. So they put all of their financials up on the screen, and the pastor would discuss where the money is going. So this is what the pastor made. This is what the youth pastor made. This is what the worship team makes. This is what went to missions. This is what's going to overhead. This is what's going into the uh, the material, like the band stuff, like guitars and strings and drums that broke. This is where all of your money is going. They would show them that. So every quarter, the congregants got to see exactly where, all of the money was going. This was phenomenal, very respectable. And it's it's much easier to give when you know where the money is going. Because even if you disagree with some of it, it's like, okay, well, I disagree with, or I agree with 80% of the, the, the cash flow. So I'm gonna tithe, that makes sense. Open source churches, well said. Yes, it was, it was absolutely lovely. So things that would show on your P&L would be like tithes to date. This would be a primary revenue source for a church, would be tithes, right? Above and beyond donations. They usually do them around Christmas time, which is, oh, surprisingly the end of the year, okay? That's when reports turn over. So that's when you'll see that above and beyond tithe. It's so that they can try to meet or exceed the financial goal for the year. Revenue from bookstores. Some churches have bookstores or coffee shops or things like that. These types of profit sources, they may own or run either in the church or in the community. Some churches own a coffee shop that's off-site, meaning it's not in the church. It's somewhere else. It's down the street or it's blocks away or it's miles away. But that is another revenue source. That's another honest way of bringing money into the church. It would also include salaries, employee expenses, benefits, things like that. It's all very expensive. Business expenses Like overhead, this would be like cups for Sunday coffee, chairs, lights, fog machines, screens, TV screens, computer screens, uh, the baptism dunk tanks. All that stuff would be expenses and go to overhead. The technology subscriptions like Adobe to be able to edit edit videos. There's a lot of software, social media managers, marketing and sales, evangelical costs, money, evangelism costs money so evangelical practices cost money so you would have that represented on your PL as well rent for the building tithe on the blockchain ghosts i knew i liked you man come on come on hey ghost uh i went short before bitcoin dumped this evening just so you know bud uh so rent on the building that would also be on there how much is the rent? You obviously can't affect that, right? You can't change that. Whereas you have control over uh, technology subscriptions to a degree, a lot of the business expenses, salaries, revenue from bookstores to a degree, you have control over that flow, right? You you have some control over that. Rent on your building, you don't control. Lights, gas, you don't control. Rest in peace, bro, I'm way up. I'm way up, I'm like 200% up. So some of these would run together, for many churches they, meaning they would all run together on the p l and for many other churches they may have vastly more categories on their p l that would isolate specific spendings or revenues profits depending on their specific practices and their business plan so as as I mentioned I, I worked in that one church they did it and it was phenomenal it was phenomenal it was really cool to be able to see more, more than anything else to see what the pastors made all of them because there, you know there's usually more than one pastor you have one pastor that's kind of on the stage who is in the spotlight but you have a ton of other kind of help helper pastors and then you have a youth pastor and small groups pastors and you know worship pastor you got all these things but it's it was really cool to be able to see what do these guys actually make what do they make it was a beautiful thing to be able to have sadly in my experience it is extremely rare to see churches do that who make that information actually available it's a it's a very small number of them so that again to scott's question earlier that we've been ranting on since that is another thing that the church could begin doing now the problem is they're going to lose a lot of people so a lot of churches are going to go out of business if they were to do that which is why they don't do that but again it's it's a vicious circle of we have to continue doing unethical business in order to keep customers coming into the business and the more we do that the more we have to continue to practice unethically and the minute they stop those practices they lose people and then they lose salaries and people get let go and then they lose their building and they have to downsize it's 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 a chain of events that most churches are just they're never going to be willing to do so instead what are they going to do they're going to pander to culture what does culture want we're going to give culture what it wants what the hell was Jesus's entire thing? Counterculture. That's who Jesus was. He was counterculture. He was a rebel with the cause. He It was the opposite of what we're doing. And that's my gripe with church. That's my gripe with church. Is we are doing, we are anti, I think Ghost said it earlier. We are antithetical to what the Bible actually teaches. Antithetical. The modern church is. We pander to culture Jesus stuck a middle finger up to culture. Massive, massive difference. BYOB, bring your own Bible. All right, that's the uh, that's the end of all like the main stuff that I wanted to make sure we got to. The, the, but these are the gripes, okay? These are kind of the issues that if we were to solve, it would look like small groups. It's just, I, I personally have obviously spent a lot of time thinking about this. I don't see any other way to do it. I I just don't because it's the physical locations are very restrictive. So whatever demographic you're in, you have to pander to the demographic period. Otherwise you will not make enough to stay alive. It's really that simple. So the solution is now in the age of technology to do what we're doing. And, and even then again, for the second time, not someone like me becoming super famous, that doesn't work. So all these other, all these YouTube pastors and stuff, Who have half a million people, that's just as trash. They they make shit tons of money, and there's no personal connection. That's the opposite still. It it has to be intimate settings, it has to be intimate groups. Because otherwise, yes, Scott, you get stuck in the vicious circle, which is sad, dude. Like it's it's not something I like to be upset about. I loved working in church. It was I literally got all my degrees. To work in church and now I don't work in church so all of my degrees are 100% worthless and I tried really hard for a lot of years to be like oh dude just grit your teeth grit your teeth just get through it ignore the stuff you don't agree with and I couldn't do it I couldn't do it I just I I have too much integrity to do it but it's it's very sad so I I think the things like this These are the only real solutions, but then you could branch them out into the physical world. Like we've talked about doing it here. Eventually, I do think I'll start doing physical church here and I think it'll be small and that's cool because three, five, 10 people is phenomenal if it's like this, because then those people can go talk to more people and talk to more people and they don't just shut off the minute they leave the building. They stay engaged because we have a relationship. We're doing something good. I did not turn Goodfellas off to hear more about Bitcoin that I don't quite wrap my lady braid around. Jesus. Bring your own Bible, churches. Let's sit and talk. Let's share coffee. Break bread with those who can. Those who can. So many options. If we did church like Jesus did, it would be so much better. Yeah, 100%. Y'all teach me your ways. The thing is, everything revolves around money. It's the glue that holds it together. The church denominations, etc. And baby Jesus is taking it back to eat the paradise. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. I can't wrap my strong, superior man brain around it either, Cat, Just enough to dabble. Oh, man. I'm heavy. I'm heavy in the game, Ghost. Heavy in the game. We need the money. YouTube doesn't pay enough. We need the money. Uh, t- It's hard. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, cat, I miss you too. Just like Teal does. As Drew would say, savage. Jesus was a savage. Yeah, 100%. The way of the savage. God. Teal, this is why we need you here. You bring up old stuff that I forget, and it's very funny. Yes, it's a vicious circle. It's crazy how there are five to ten different churches on every street, non, non-communicating with each other. Oh, yes. Yeah, no communication with each other. There needs to be a better networking outline. 100%. 100%. But the, but the reality is there never will be, because pride is, is what drives the church. Pride is what drives every denomination. If you subscribe to a specific denomination, it's out of pride. There's, I, don't, I don't care. Like, I don't care how you choose to explain it away. But if, if you subscribe to a specific denomination, you do it out of pride. And it's because you think that denomination is right. Therefore, you think you are right. That's pride. That's pride because if you took an hour to come and sit and talk to us, you would be stuck on your high horse, completely ignoring us in order to stay where you are. Because once you've been opened up to the, the reality that there are so many different options of answers to things that Christians are talking about, you can't belong to just a denomination strictly. I don't believe that. That is my opinion that I don't believe it's possible. Uh, small groups can help people who live near each other to meet up, but they can help people in their own neighborhood. Many churchgoers commute to church. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then you're able to scale that using the World Wide Web. So the small groups are best case because they're intimate, they're physical, they're communal. But beyond that, be, they're, but they're also restrictive. So beyond that, we can scale using the worldwide Interwebs. And so that's what we should be doing, in, in my opinion. That's what we should be doing. Because the reality, man, is like, think about how many churches do live streams. Have you ever watched the live stream numbers? Mega churches, sure, they're high. But smaller churches, nobody freaking watches them. <laughs> nobody watches them. Nobody wants to sit in church and listen to somebody talk at them for an hour. Who the hell wants to watch a video of it? Nobody. Nobody. In my hum- in my humble opinion, nobody. Yes, preach joke. <laughs> Callie the curtsy made me <laughs> cackle they like that money that folds not the kind that <laughs> jesus christ oh the cried comment is a thousand percent yeah dude it's pride it's pride denominations are built off of pride their foundation is pride 100 i'm gonna be honest and say i wasn't excited about this topic tonight glad i showed up <laughs> oh i'm glad you showed up too Oh, Rodriguez. Good call. Yeah. Wasn't that Lucifer's problem? Isn't pride of the enemy? Yeah, funny. Christians have bent the knee to the pride machine. Christian, honestly, Christians probably perpetuate pride more than any other specified group of people on the planet. Is that a statistic? Hell no. It's an opinion. But I sit behind that opinion very strongly. Christians perpetuate pride more than any other specified group of humans on this planet. Christians are the most prideful people I've ever met in my life. It's disturbing. A Presbyterian went to heaven and asked Peter, who is that group of people alone in the corner? Peter said, oh, those are the Baptists. They think they're the only ones here. Ah, (laughs) Denomination is Spanish for pride. (laughs) I love you guys. I love this. It's an accurate opinion. Thank you. I think so. I think so. It's out of personal experience. All right. You, yo, do you guys have anything else on this topic? Anything else specific? Oh, here, let me let me do the things I'm supposed to be doing. Please hit the like button because that helps with the algorithm. And then that will get us new people like Ghostgate, Dumbcat, all these newer faces. That's how we got them. Do the algorithm stuff, hit the likes, keep the comments flowing, and then once we end the stream, if you want to go really over the top, wait till it ends, and then leave an actual comment, because once it ends, the live chat just goes away, it goes into a different area, and then there's zero comments. So if you guys really want to help us in the algorithm, stick around after we end for two seconds, and just throw an emoji in the comments, throw whatever, you don't have to dedicate too much of your time, but that would be massively helpful for us to get new people in here. Christians are the most prideful. Have you been to a Mustang meet? That's fair. Mustang people are right there with Christians. Very prideful. Very prideful. I know I'm telling you Narcissus. Yeah, Rodriguez, we do have to do that topic. I keep forgetting to add that to the list. So I'm going to add that to the list right now before I forget again. Narca Jesus. All right. Where are we at? Where are we at? Topic list. Boom. Okay. I got you. It is added. I'm sorry. I kept forgetting because it is such a good topic. That's such a great topic. But no one responds to those comments. The YouTube comments. I mean, honestly, no, if, if I know you guys were on the stream and then you leave a comment, I assume you're just doing it for the algorithm. So I don't reply to them. It just it helps the algorithm. The more comments a video has, the, the better it does in the algorithm. If you don't do insert your specific superficial thing, then you're going to burn in the naughty place forever and ever. Yeah, I mean, that's the truth. That's the Christian way. So where are the new people? Are they still here? I mean, what's new for you, Teal? Because you've been away for a while. You know, Ghostgate from from Discord. I don't know. Dumb cat's relatively new. A couple weeks. But yeah, I think the, the new new people who were here in the beginning, they might have bounced. But there's 16 people watching right now and there's maybe five people commenting. So I think some people are just doing other stuff and listening. What about Mustang Christians? Oh, my God. Mind blown. Mind blown. They're the worst people on the planet. They are the worst people on the planet. And I got real questions. Wow. Well, oh, about that topic. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. Oh, Rodriguez, I got you. Well, if I see it, I'll, I'll reply. I'll reply. If you ask a question, I'll reply. I'm trying to keep up on YouTube and, and I'm trying to get back on Discord. At least a bit. At least a bit. I know you've been bugging me forever. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. It's on the list now. It's on the list. So I'll make sure it goes on the poll. When I put the poll up, you'll you'll get your shot and you, you can help. You can help totally kickstart that one. Whatever Thursday that one happens on. Oh, Mystic, you're in for a treat. Rodriguez will tell you all about it. All about it. It's my (laughs) ex-husband. Mustang Christians are one of the same ghosts minus the younger people. I've heard humility described as agreeing with God. Is humility the opposite of pride? In a way, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose humility is it's. It's antithetical to pride, for sure. I don't know about agreeing with God, though. I mean, hu- humility can it can manifest as an agreement with God. But I don't I don't think you could say humility is like synonymous with agreeing with God because it, it can be in a lot of different scenarios. I don't I mean, I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion on that. But I think humility is the is an opposite of pride, for sure the two from just today winter and yeah winter has been coming around for a while so there there's like four or five atheists who pop in and out every once in a while just to chat they usually don't stay through the whole thing but they'll they'll come hang out for a bit and then they'll bail at some point listening while running the weed whacker see there you go that's ruth ruth thanks for chiming in there That's what I mean, like when I when I listen to stuff like this, I don't ever have it up in front of me. I'm I'm I don't ever have time to do that. So I I like have it on and I'm just listening to whatever they're talking about. That's why I get it when the numbers way higher than the the chat count. Don't have a list of your viewers. Yeah, that's why I'm saying there's there's 20 people watching. And there's like four or five of you actually commenting, which means the majority of people are, are just listening. They're not engaging. They're just listening. But I see the the light count doubled. So since I said that, so thank you for that. So that helps. And then, like I said, once we jump off here in a few minutes, just drop a comment real quick and then have a lovely evening. And that'll help us get more new people. Sarah. Sarah has been so long. Got a lot of the old, a lot of the OGs in here tonight. What a beautiful thing. Dumb Cat is really on a roll. He's always on a roll. He's always on a roll. It's good stuff. What kind of car would Jesus drive? A Chrysler. Jesus Christ. That's pretty good. He's just got Google Christian jokes up in another tab. Just dropping them like they're hot. Humility is the first step in anything worthwhile. For sure. For sure. There's no way humility means agreeing with God. Well, it can though. It can. Mystic, it can. But that's that's what I was saying is like it doesn't mean that totally, but humility can mean agreeing with God, but humility doesn't mean agreeing with God. If that makes sense. It's possible. It's not all inclusive. Dumb Cat's got jokes tonight. Yeah, he does. There's some good ones too though. They're pretty good. I've gone too long. I've missed this. Yeah. Teal, we miss you. So, uh, be better, be better, be here. Jesus would definitely drive a solar powered car. No, don't say that. Don't say that. Jesus drives diesel. Jesus is burning diesel. Definitely wouldn't burn diesel, but see there's Tyler. Tyler's just listening. Busy dude. He's got stuff going on. He's got lives to save is the reality. Uh, Jesus has a Tesla. Jesus Christ. I've run into prideful believers in Hebrew roots groups. Yeah, not surprised. Not surprised. Honestly, religious people are the most prideful people on the planet. Again, in my, in my, in my opinion. In my opinion. They're just, they're, they think very highly of their beliefs, which it has a trickle effect into other areas of their lives. And it's just kind of sad because of that. my twin? What? I've seen plenty of prideful Christians for sure, but I don't think we should all be lumped into one. No, of course not. Of course not. But if if you, I'm saying like aggregate. So if you take all Christians, all Jews, all secular people, all of the groups in the world, I believe you'd find the most pride just numbers wise, in the group of Christians, and it's skewed because Christians are also one of the largest faith groups in the world. So obviously, it's it's more people within that group, but it's just pride is a very common characteristic of 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 many mainstream Christians. I think you guys like you are different people who think people who can tolerate listening to us the way that we talk, I, they lack pride. There's there's a because it, it requires humility to talk about these things the way that we talk about them because our whole, our whole way of going about this is we don't know, but this is what we think that requires the absence of pride. You can't be prideful and think that way. Whereas in mainstream Christianity, this is what we believe because it's a hundred percent true. And I don't care what anybody else ever says. That's pride. It's what we do is antithetical to the church. Therefore pride is absent within groups like this. Wait, I thought Jesus drove a Honda. But he doesn't talk about it. He drives a Honda Civic with a spoiler and a flame on the side, but a Sharpie flame, not a pinstripe. Jesus God, Ghostgate with the solar car. I would be on my Discord praying and popping in because I built my days around yours so I don't have to miss this. Good. Good, Teal. We need you back. You lovely woman. We need you back. I think it's like narcissistic characteristics, uh, Christian megachurch in Christian megachurch. Think of the pastors that quote themselves. Their pick is everywhere and have a lot of work done. Oh my God. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, that's a great example. That's a great example. It's such a great example. Yes, it's exactly like that. I think they got Jesus's car looked up at area 51 inbound to be honest. They probably do. They probably do. I really like this topic of what is humility. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm willing to discuss it in a Discord. All right, what is humility? We are going to add to the topic list because, yeah, that's a that's a good topic. So what is humility? So that, that'll be a potential Thursday discussion. Guys, we're, let's do that real quick, and then we're going to get off for the night. Uh, it's dying down here. And I I gotta go put the kiddo to bed. She's back in school. And obviously I I gotta go hate my life tomorrow. So any other topic ideas, and then we'll pray and then we'll get out of here. So Thursday's topic ideas, throw them out. I'll save them, I'll put them in the list. And then I pick between five and like eight to put on every week. Because if I put 30, it's, I mean, you guys are smart enough. You can figure it out. So it'd be like five to eight but let's have like a good long list submission in what context Jalen because I have I have a few that relate to that but submission in what in a relationship with God what context Uh, all right I'm gonna get the prayers up here if there is anything in there Guys, remember, you can go to the prayer garden. You can request prayer, and then public ones will get read on the stream here. Private ones will just be seen by the prayer team and myself. War. That's a good one, yeah. Done. What, do, Tyler, do you have a specific context for the conversation? Or just war in general? A specific war? The Ukraine war? Rodriguez. Glad you were here. Have a great night. We'll see you Sunday, maybe. Ghostgate, have a good night. Levitating by Tilt. Jeez, dumb cat. You're good. Man, you got good ones tonight. Is what humility is with God? Wait, what? Is what humility is with God? Can you retype that? I'm trying to make it make sense in my head. I'm having a hard time. I know you obviously meant something else. So if you could clarify, that'd be lovely. All right, prayers, 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 public prayers, boom. No, these are old. I guess there's one, we'll read this one. War in the Bible, the Crusades, boom, cool. Got it. And then Tyler, if you had something specific for your war throw out there, just try to specify. Otherwise, Jalen throughout war in the Bible and the uh, Crusades, which, the, yeah, those are great topics. Those are awesome topics. Thanks, Jalen. All right, I'm going to pray. Anything else you guys got, just throw it out and then I'll get it before we go off. But first, we've got Shannon posting for the lovely, the beautiful, the original gangster Teal says, our dear brothers and sisters, our sister Teal is requesting prayer of healing for her arm. That dang arm, man. You've been dealing with that for so long. Lord, give the doctors the wisdom and knowledge to get to the roots of the problem, to heal all wounds, not only physical, but mentally, since this has been taking a lot of mental toll. Yeah, for real. In Jesus' name, amen, we pray. All right, God, thank you for giving us the ability to do this at all. The The technological advancements of our time are are phenomenal. And as we've kind of discussed tonight, they, they allow us to gather in such a way that not only can we meet together live like this and have visuals and have audio and be as intimate as you can be, while not actually being physically any anywhere near anybody, and also having things like Discord and like social media, as evil as they can be, they also have the capacity to be wildly good. And so we we're doing that, but we hopefully will start branching off into more of that. So this goodness, this good use of social media, this good use of being able to connect from a great distance can perpetuate into into a much bigger spider web of people doing this. Because I, I do believe that is that is the future of the church or the future of the church is implosion. The future of the church is absolute desolation. Because it's not working. People are not identifying with it. People are not being fed the way they want to be fed. And realistically people are not being fed in which in the in the way in which the Bible actually talked about. Or or actually the way they did it. It's it doesn't relate anymore. It doesn't relate to the people. It doesn't relate to the Bible. And it doesn't relate to Christ as a rebel who is counterculture because it is now pandering to culture. So I pray for the church in general. We all pray for the church in general that they pull their heads out of their behind and they, they start to see things for what they really are. They get out of this. I want to be famous. I want people to love me. I want to have a cool story on Sunday." They they move away from this cultural disgust, honestly, and and they get back to something that is more wholesome. I want to love people. I want to teach people. I want people to understand the Bible. I want people to understand their spirituality. I want people to connect on a deep level with each other and with me. I don't want to be the spotlight. I, I want everybody to have some kind of spotlight. And I want the spotlight truly to be on God, to be on that which is spiritual and that which is good and that which is far, far, far above even the greatest pastor that walks this planet. That needs to be the focus. So we pray for the church that they begin to actually figure that out, whatever it takes. And even if it means complete destruction, in my opinion, let it happen. Let it burn so that there's a there's fresh ground to build back up on. I'm super grateful for everybody that's here dedicated, consistent, extremely blown away every time I see and watch the com- the conversations that everybody's having in the Discord. Please just allow everybody to stay humble, to stay respectful, to stay open, to stay transparent, and really to keep the culture without poison and good, because that's what it is right now. So we pray that we stay that way so that this can start growing bigger, getting more people in here, and then eventually start moving out of here. To, to branch and bring more people into smaller groups and smaller groups and small groups pray for everybody in the group, for their families, for their kids, for their parents, for whoever might be going through something. We were, go, we were all getting hit pretty hard with some spiritual stuff. A couple months ago, it seems to have mostly died out. So whatever's going on there, appreciate it. Keep everybody safe spiritually and otherwise all this in Jesus name. Oh, and all the kids who went back to school, schools are scary kind of now. So parents are scared kind of now, please watch over the kids.